important today on Broadway for Tuesday, October 30th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway Star's James Marino. James, we are 24 hours-ish, I guess probably closer to 36 since we're by the time we're recording, from both of us leaving on a jet plane, two ships passing in the night. We're like uh, one of the uh, opening songs from Ragtime. Uh, I guess your father going off on a great adventure and... I'm Tatia coming to New York. I don't know. Does that make sense? Uh, I can see where you're going with that, but uh, I will have to find my passport first. Oh, okay. I, I'm coming to New York. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. do, do you think do you think that Admiral Perry required passports? Hmm. Probably not. Probably not. But uh, yeah. you know, when you reached uh, Ellis Island, though, uh, quite the yeah. record keeping uh, system they had there. Yes, those absolutely. Pe- those people had great handwriting. You ever see those records from Ellis Island? The uh, I have not, but I'm the sure they have is to. Beautiful, yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Okay, first up in the news Fox announces an interesting set of stars for January's oh. Rent Live. Yeah, James. Um, so yesterday, Fox announced the performers that would be leading the live broadcast of Jonathan Larson's Rent in January. And I have to say, that I am confused for a lot of reasons. First up, the biggest name is probably that of Vanessa Hudgens, who famously already played Mimi in the Hollywood Bowl production opposite her Grease Live co-star Aaron Tveit as Roger. So it's no surprise that she was cast. Except she's not playing Mimi. She's playing Maureen. Hmm. Okay. Um, but she will have a Grease Live co-star joining her, but it's not as Roger. It's as Mark, as Grease Live's duty... And Lawrence slash Philip from Hamilton on Broadway, Jordan Fisher, is playing Mark. Now, I personally think that Jordan is on the verge of becoming a major star. And whether I think it's probably more on Broadway than in pop music and stuff that he's trying to do. But I think he's he's a, he's a huge talent. So I don't have any problem with him uh, being cast. But this is interesting. Fisher, who identifies as multi-ethnic, commented on Twitter that he would be the first person of color to play Mark. Now, really? that's not it, that well, yeah, that's not exactly true, as there has been a self-described person um, of color in the role on the current non-equity tour. And I'm sure many more in regional productions around the world. Um, but at this level, equity or on film, I guess that's a fine assertion to make. You're not going to, you know, count every single amateur and, you know, regional production, I suppose. But either way, not the casting I would have gone with for Mark. But fine. Um, but getting back to that, Brandon Victor Dixon. Yes, that, Bra- that Brandon Victor Dixon is playing Collins. OK, uh, and Kiala Settle will be the Seasons of Love soloist. It doesn't look like she's going to be part of the ensemble or however they're going to do that. But she is going to join the cast for Seasons of Love for that. We'll get back to BBD. Kiala Settle, fine. Be the soloist. She's amazing. Totally no problem there. The rest of the cast, I literally have almost no idea who they are. An actress named Kiersey Clemens will play Joanne. Former X Factor contestant Brennan Hunt will play Roger. R&B singer, I have heard of this one. Mario will play Benny. Pop and R&B singer uh, Tanache. I I looked it up. I think that's how it said. Tanache will play Mimi and former RuPaul's Drag Race contestant Valentina will play Angel. Rent Live will air on Fox on January 27th, James. So um, where do we start? I think it's got to be BBD, right? Like everyone else in the cast is moderately appropriate 
for the age. Mario, who's playing Benny, is in his early 30s, but everyone else is in their early to mid 20s. Then you got Brandon Victor Dixon, who's pushing 40 as as Collins. Now, someone on the uh, old reliable Broadway World message board said, well, if you think about it, you could probably make an argument that Collins was actually always older, considering he was a professor at MIT. Um, so you wouldn't consider him to be in his early 20s, early to mid 20s. So I guess that makes sense. But he's literally almost twice as old as some of the people in this cast, James. It's going to look weird, I think. I, I have really, yeah. I, I've always thought of the whole rent thing as being very, you know, 20 something. So, uh, right. And, they should and, be. and the parents uh, who are never actually peer in, in person, uh, more on the voicemail messages as being Charlie mm-hmm. Brownish and, you know, wah, 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 exactly. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. But, um, you, you know, uh, we, we talk about, um, uh, Gimlet Media's, uh, podcast, um, Reply All. Uh, do you know the Yes, Yes, yeah. No segment? Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, It's my favorite podcast. No offense to anything on Broadway radio, but uh, I love me some Reply All, my favorite Oh, yeah. Of all time. No, no. So uh, they, they've got this segment called Yes, Yes, No, where you have to explain a tweet. And there was a tweet by a Robbie Rizal saying, Hoping Valentina takes that thing off her face for I'll yeah. cover you. And I am so, no. Uh, I'm, at, I'm at no. I'm you're at, at no, no on that one. <laughs> I, had, I looked up Valentina because I wanted to see if – I don't know that uh, he she uh, wore a, a mask or something. I didn't see that. So I'm I'm definitely at a hard no here with Alex Bloomberg. <laughs> well, uh, Robbie posted a, a, a picture where it seems like lots of pictures of Valentina has uh, many uh, scarves covering her face. Uh, ah, so I yeah. think that we get to yes, yes, yes on this one. So, yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, will everybody else get to yes, yes, yes when we see Rent Live in January? I'm unsure of that with this uh, interesting casting. Yeah. So, I, like I said, I think Jordan Fisher is incredible. I, I actually think Vanessa Hudgens is great. Like, I think she's very talented. Watch some of the videos from Rent um, at the Hollywood Bowl. Didn't think she was great as Mimi. So Maureen could be interesting. I, I think she's actually a super talented performer. And I really think she's quite charming as one of the judges on So You Think You Can Dance, even if she doesn't actually say anything of substance. But what reality show judges actually say anything of substance? So I'm fine with their casting. It's just it's very odd that they definitely went out of their way not to cast to type from the Broadway show, Mm. which, again, I said this on Twitter and and all the uh, movies. Well, yeah, and so I'm totally fine with not casting to type, but it's just really interesting that they went with somebody who played Mimi um, as Maureen, although Maureen is generally played by, you know, played as a New Jersey Jewish woman. Um, They'd have a person of color as Mark, normally played by a well-to-do suburban Jewish guy. Um, And not that that those things can't be true with people of color. It's just interesting that they purposely went out of their way to not do that so um i think the talent from the people that i know is great just not the configuration that i would have guessed kiala settle as the seasons of love soloist certainly she could sing the he double hockey sticks out of that thing uh (laughs) but uh uh, is she going to do the rest of the ensemble track and things like that i I mean i I think she's i think she's too big of a star to do that 
Uh, yeah, but it, it, the, the press release actually specifically said that she would be joining the ensemble for that number. Oh, like, okay. so, but it does seem weird that you're going to bring in Kiala Settle uh, to perform. Actually, the quote is additionally, Kiala Settle will perform the iconic solo from Seasons of Love and join the ensemble. Well, I guess maybe she is joining the I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? I, I guess it depends on how you say how you read join the ensemble. Um, hmm. But whatever. She's way too big of a star to just to be an ensemble member. But whatever. We'll see. I'm I'm confused. Okay. <laughs> well, it'll uh, be coming up uh, just around the corner, uh, 12 weeks just, away, 15 weeks away, something like that. Yeah, just around the river bend. Oh, boy. All right, next up in the news, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. I've heard of him to bring Freestyle Love Supreme back this winter. Awesome. Yes, Maybe I love they'll, Freestyle. Are they going to be having like a drama bookstore shop uh, type of appearance? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think by the time it comes back, the it'll be closed. But we'll, we'll deal with that later. But last night at Ars Nova's Nova Ball, it was announced that freestyle hip hop group Freestyle Love Supreme will be returning to the New York stage to help christen the Greenwich House Theater, ah. which is formerly the Barrow Street Theater that Ars Nova mm-hmm. now occupies from January 30th through March 2nd. One of the group's members, Lin-Manuel Miranda, is co-producing the event and obviously like Kiala said way too big of a star now um uh, so he's not going to be in it full time but he is expected to be a regular drop-in performer tickets are on sale now and the cast will include utkarsh ambedkar aka utk in the in or utk the inc tony and grammy winning music director king bill sherman arthur the genius lewis two touch shockwave and jelly donut however i wouldn't be surprised if we see some more members of the group show up in addition to lynn dropping in at times people People like Chris Jackson and James Monroe Iglehart. Uh, I would not be surprised if you see those two guys appearing as their bull on CBS schedule for Chris Jackson and Hamilton schedule for James Monroe Iglehart allows. Now, James Freestyle Love Supreme had a TV show for a little bit for like one season. Um, it must have been right before Hamilton or maybe in between the public and Broadway runs. But it was amazing i loved it it was only like six or eight episodes or something um and it was filmed at a the like a little small cabaret theater i don't even know what it was but it was so much fun i loved it i watched every episode probably multiple times i was i'm really excited to see what they come up with for an off-broadway run all right that could be really cool and and uh, I could that be a uh, incredibly hard ticket to get? How many seats are at the former Bar- Barrow Street Theater? Is it, it's got to be one ninety nine, one ninety nine or less. I w- can't imagine it would be much, and it's only like for like, f- what did I say? Yeah, for like four, four or weeks. five weeks. Yeah, four. Or five. So I would imagine it's going to be a very difficult ticket to get. But I also believe that I would not be surprised if you didn't get. I don't know why they haven't done it already. Freestyle Love Supreme having a residency somewhere, maybe like having a weekend every month at Joe's Pub or or something like that, considering Lynn's connection with the public. Mm. Um, I would would think that if this goes well, I hope we get to see uh, FLS a lot more uh, in New York City because they really are so much fun and so creative and so amazing. I bet you if we start – uh, comparing grosses uh, for FSL, FLS, then uh, <laughs> some of the shows in January, uh, that'll be p- yeah. <laughs> pretty interesting. So why don't we talk about last week's Broadway grosses? All right, James, all of the good vibrations that we'd had in recent weeks 
are seemingly disappearing after the previous week as the total Broadway grosses dipped by more than $1 million. And you're thinking, oh, that's not, you know, a huge decline, but... Broadway actually picked up two shows last week and still lost $1 million. The total receipts were just over $33.1 million, down 3.53% from the previous frame with two shows joining the boards. And only six of the returning shows had week-to-week numbers in the black, so not great. The biggest gainer, though, was The Ferryman, which picked up more than $220,000 to bring in uh, 902,000 in its first post week or post opening week. The same was true for Lifespan of a Fact, which was the next biggest gainer, adding 177k to come in at over $985,000. The two new shows that were on the boards last week were The Prom, which did nearly 344,000 in its first seven performances at the Long Acre. Not a great number, but uh, at least it's somewhere to start. And then Mike Birbiglia is the new one, which did 124000 in four previews. I believe that Hamilton must have had an Eduham performance last week because their attendance remained the same, but their gro- grosses dipped over 302000 So I'm figuring it was an Eduham, but I didn't see a press release, so I'm not 100% sure. It was still the top grossing show, of course, at $2,945,615, followed by The Lion King at $2.1 million and Cursed Child at two. Uh, but they were joined north of $1 million by Springsteen on Broadway in four performances, Frozen, Wicked, Dear Evan Hansen, Aladdin, Mean Girls, Pretty Woman, My Fair Lady, The Book of Mormon, Come From Away, and The Phantom of the Opera. Moving into its final few weeks on Broadway, I think it has two weeks left, The Nap took, in a, took a $36,000 dip to $174,000, followed by Head Over Heels. Um, in terms of shows um, that were not beginning performances, that was the second lowest. HOH was at just $205,600. Ouchers. Um, looking at some of the other shows that are currently in previews, James, King Kong continues to impress, adding over 100 Gs as it picked up a performance from last week to go from five back to six where it had been the previous week. Uh, one thing that they will that they did announce yesterday, James, is that the Wednesday matinee this week for uh, King Kong, which will be tomorrow as you're listening to this, has been canceled as they try to make some last minute changes before the show opens on November 8th. You can call uh, your point of purchase to make any exchanges for that show. Um, it did last week have $774,000 in grosses and six performances, which would put it at $1.03 million if that average were to be extrapolated to eight shows. Torch Song played eight shows last week, but only brought in $214,463, which is really disappointing for them. I hope that turns around uh, thanks to good word of mouth and some reviews when opening happens in November. Same, but to a lesser degree for American Sun, which also played a full week, but grossed just under 511000 Over at Lincoln Center and Laura Benanti's first week as Eliza Doolittle and My Fair Lady, the show picked up more than $18,000 to come in at $1.18 million. Keep in mind that this show hasn't been below $1 million since the week that it opened back in April, so we will see if Benanti can keep that streak going as we head into the holidays, and then more importantly, James games during January and the part of February before she departs. Um, overall, pretty crappy week. Expected to pick up in the next few weeks, though. Hmm. So uh, certainly uh, it's interesting about Torch Song. I want, I, I, I knew that uh, a lot of uh, folks, uh, I ran into Adam Feldman. He was walking into Torch Song as I was going to Ferryman 
Uh, and so I know a lot of reviewers were in, and perhaps there's a lot of people being invited as a, uh, um, you know, part of the torch song transfer from second stage to the haze. So uh, I really expect it to do to do well. Uh, I'm surprised that the numbers are down there, Me but I, I think that there's probably a reason that we don't. That's not evident to us right now. All right, I, Matt. I hope so for their sake. Yeah. Okay, Matt. What else do we have to talk about today? <sighs> okay, this is going to get interesting here, James. So first, do you remember that musical that never happened called Nerds? Uh, Patty Mearns, uh yes. show. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to star a pre-Hamilton Rory O'Malley, a pre-Frozen Patty Murin, a pre-Carousel Lindsay Mendez, as well as Brian Fankart and uh, a number of other people of note. And it was going to tell the musicalized story of the rivalry between Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. Well, that show, which was already in rehearsals, then suddenly was canceled. Now we're starting to see why, because a new lawsuit has been filed against producer Carl Levin, who allegedly told investors that he already had commitments of $6.2 million from investors, including Randy Zuckerberg and Microsoft. That ended up, as you could probably guess, not being true, and he actually only had $200,000 in the bank, well short of the $7.5 million that he needed. According to the suit, quote, Levin made the intentional misrepresentations to lure investors into contributing capital to Nerds Broadway Limited Liability Company. The people who actually did contribute money are now suing for their money back, plus over $5 million in other damages. James, I feel like we have one of these stories every three or four months. Like, what in the hell are people doing? The name Carl Levin seems super familiar, so I'm sure I know of him from somehow. Um, but I didn't have I didn't have a chance to look him up because it just dropped right while I was writing the script. But it, if these people are able to to raise money at all, they should know better than to do this stuff. Or maybe this happens a lot more than we know, and people just don't get caught. James, I I, I can't imagine that. People do this more often than the, because the house of cards would fall. Uh, I, uh, one would think there is a Carl Levin in IBDB that who has uh, ironically produced a show called Disgraced, and uh, I, that was a good show. That was a Pulitzer Prize winner, I believe, and a show called Rock of Ages, which uh, uh, that did well. That did pretty well. So uh, I, I'm not sure if this is the same Carl Levin, but uh, probably, you know, probably re- recently, you know, 2009, 2014, you know, probably in the same type of uh, time frame as nerds. So uh, Lord knows how do people how, do, how does know. this happen? I don't know, man. But uh, fun, fun fact for you here, James, though. Did you know that on March 9th of 2016? The very first story covered in the history of Today on Broadway was breaking news, colon, nerds postpones Broadway run. That was the first story, the first story that we ever talked about on this show. We also talked about the fact that disaster was coming to Broadway. (laughs) Um, Dolly Parton was developing a biographical musical. Romy and Michelle's high school reunion cast people that didn't end up making the show in Seattle. Um, Newsies tour would close Hamilton, uh, national tour announced some dates. And then, um, there was a college humor parody of Hamilton, um, that featured Angela Merkel. So that was our first episode of today on Broadway. Oh, and Angela so. Merkel resigned today. 
or yes. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Good story. See, it's all coming back to us now, James. It's one time as a flat circle. Uh, anyway, next up, yesterday Variety reported that Sass Goldberg and Jake Wilson are working on a new musical comedy series set to premiere on NBC. Jeffrey Seller, connected to half of the stuff we've talked about in here, yeah. um, uh, will produce. The series will follow the single and jobless Sally, who returns to New York expecting to jump back into her exciting city life. Instead, she finds her friends have outgrown the carefree lifestyle of a 20-something choosing to embrace adulthood instead. Goldberg and Wilson are writing partners and have contributed to a number of TV shows, but Goldberg made her Broadway debut a few seasons ago in Significant Other. And Jake Wilson probably is most well-known to Broadway fans for creating the beloved long-running web series The Batteries Down earlier this decade, which was fantastic and had a bunch of Broadway stars and future Broadway stars in it. So if you haven't seen that, I highly recommend you check out uh, The Batteries Down. Um, also, James, these are kind of recommendations, but first up um, on the NBC Nightly News, Lester Holt spoke with current Broadway alphabet Jessica Vosk leading up to, of course, Wicked, hashtag Wicked 15, um, about her journey to Broadway, which is a little unusual, usual, as we've talked about before. She left a career in finance to pursue her dreams of becoming a Broadway singer and performer. So that was a fun conversation with Lester Holt. We'll have that in the show notes. And then also this little two minute clip put out by the National Theater uh, in New York. Give us a gave us a behind the scenes look at rehearsals for Hades Town, um, which is we talked about beginning performances in London this week. We also got to see some quotes from or some conversations with uh, the writer Anais Mitchell, as well as director Rachel Chavkin. I, James, I'm if if I didn't feel 100 percent in my bones that this will be on Broadway very soon, I would probably try to find a ticket in London and then swim across the Atlantic Ocean to get there because <laughs> I'm so nerdily excited about this show. I love the album so much. I love this cast. The fact that they've added some amazing people like uh, Eva Noblezada, uh, Reeve Carney, Andre DeShields, added all these people who are incredible uh, to the cast that was already a part of it. Patrick Page um, and uh, and Amber Gray. I, I'm so geeked up for this to come to Broadway. I hope it's this season. Um, if not, I'll wait for the fall, but I want it to be here now. <laughs> well, the sooner we wrap up here, the sooner Hades Town will be here in New York, right? I mean, if I have to sell my soul to Mr. Hades to get it here, I will. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> that could be some sort of good, really good social media campaign for Hades Town. What would you do oh, to get a ticket? Yeah, and, you just, it's, and it's got a voiceover by Patrick Page. Just talking like this. <laughs> There's a reason that he plays uh, God and the Devil. So. Yeah, and, and the Grinch. And the Grinch, that's right. All right, why don't you get us out of here? All right, if you would like any more information on any or all these stories, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. And thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Want to have a little shout-out to Jeff Newman. Thank you so much for giving us uh, your review of Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice down in D.C. That is totally awesome. So, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. 